Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 386. So when people are searching, put yourself in the, in, in the shoes of somebody who is looking for the job that you're advertising. So let's say, you know, restaurant manager or server. And then write something that's clear and searchable. But at the same time, write something that has a little bit of personality. Are you ready for It Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Who loves doing paperwork? No one. Sorcery is an efficient online AP automated solution for the food service industry and restaurants, large and small, are using Sorcery to provide a scalable solution to help them create efficiencies and ultimately grow their business while impacting their bottom line. To learn more, head to GetSorcery.com. That's G-E-T-S-O-U-R-C-E-R-Y.com. And be sure to mention Restaurant Unstoppable to get your first month free. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Pablo Fuentes. Pablo, my man, you know what's coming, man. Are you feeling unstoppable today? Absolutely, Eric. I'm here in beautiful Austin, Texas, feeling unstoppable AF. Oh, man, I would love to check out Austin, Texas someday. It's definitely on my hit list of cities to go visit. But uh, where to start, man? Pablo is the founder and CEO of Proven, a software company that helps small businesses hire. He is also the host and producer of Small Business War Stories, a podcast where he drives thousands of miles around the country interviewing small businesses, uh, small business owners and operators in learning about their stories. Today, Pablo is here to cover elements of the perfect job post, and he'll also share some of the most common mistakes. And uh, man, I'm pumped to get you on the show. Uh, I feel like we, we could probably sit for hours and just share stories of interviewing successful uh, small business owners. Uh, you know, I'm so jealous that you get to take yours on the road. Someday I want to do more of that with mine. But, oh, man, I can't wait to dive into today's conversation. So, like always, yes, we, we've got to get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us? Yeah, so what I what I have here, uh, uh, when you asked me that, I didn't have to look too far. If, about a couple feet from me here on the board, I have uh, discipline equals freedom. Mm. And it's basically my daily mantra that uh, enables, you know, if you are able to focus on your on your stuff and get the stuff that's important done, that's how you earn freedom. And freedom is uh, earned every day. You know, the, the rents the rents do. So uh, that's a direct quote from uh, Jocko Willink. Who's a, has a great podcast, and he's a former Navy SEAL operator. I'm also a Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner, so I found out about him through some folks in the jiu-jitsu community. But he, uh, yeah, he has this great quote, which I, discipline equals freedom, and that's what gets me going every morning. Awesome. Discipline equals freedom. That's a great way to get this thing started. And uh, I guess I, let me ask, what, why should we be listening to you? What makes you somebody who's uh, a proven authority on the topic of uh getting that resume or not the resume, but that job posting out there to the public. 
Sure. Uh, so my company, uh, Proven, Proven.com, was started in uh, 2009 by myself and my uh, business partner, Sean. And we originally actually started as a restaurant hiring tool in San Francisco, and then we expanded it beyond restaurants. So I've spent a lot of time actually in the uh, back offices and kitchens of restaurants, understanding how people hire. And you know, they, the entire design of our tool is based on uh, observing how people use things like post-its and printed resumes and phone calls to, to hire and our app and our uh, software program replicate that. So we've we've seen a lot in in our um, you know years in business, and it's been it's exciting to uh, share some of that with your audience. So why did you choose restaurants? What was it about the restaurant industry that made you think this is what we want to be involved in? I think a lot of it is so. Uh, first of all, a lot of the folks uh, we've all worked in, in you know some kind of small business before uh, before starting this company. Uh, but one of the things that's interesting about restaurants in particular is the turnover is very high. So you have turnover. That's if you're in the low end of a, a restaurant turnover, your turnover might be you know 30, 40 percent a year. Uh, and we certainly have seen many uh, concepts that have turnover as high as you know over 100 percent a year. So the amount of hiring that happens is is high, and also the amount of candidates that you get for if you were to post a job for a server or a cashier in a major city, you could get dozens to maybe over a hundred applications depending on on the position, the location. So it it gave us a lot of uh, uh, iterations and runs at understanding what makes a job post successful, uh, and we focused on restaurants for. I want to say a couple of years and then we opened it up to all small businesses and and we've been growing ever since you're here today to talk to us about the perfect job post and I, you've seen it all the time you see people out there uh with the most just vague like like it, you can tell it's like a like a, a chore like when they're writing these, these job posts it's like a, a chore they don't want to do and they just are so vague uh they put things in there like you know uh experience required and all these like little things that uh, I mean I guess you'll take over from here but like what do you want to try to get out of today's conversation what are are we going to learn after like listening to you yeah if you remember one thing basically remember the story of Goldilocks you know the the whole uh, too little too much just right or too you know too hot not hot enough just right Um, you want to have enough details and, and what's been really interesting, one of the things I learned by spending time out on the field talking to restaurant managers is restaurant managers' perspective changes once they are on the other side. So, for example, I met restaurant managers who really didn't want to you know, put in the time to, to write a thoughtful job description, but then let's say they were let go or they're looking for another job. And they understood uh, how vague, you know, things look like, you know, from from the other side. So it's it's really powerful to spend the time, like put a half hour on your calendar, maybe 45 minutes and just sit down in a quiet place and actually put the time to think about um, and don't just think about how this will read, but think about how it will search. So when people are searching, put yourself in the in in the shoes of somebody who is looking for the job that you're advertising. So let's say you know restaurant manager or server, and then write something that's clear and searchable, but at the same time write something that has a little bit of personality. So if you run like a fast uh, you know a QSR concept, your personality and your ad is going to be different than the ad that somebody in like fine dining would write. And be be aware of that. If you just write, you know, five years server experience required, and and it, it basically, if you cannot, if you have a certain type of restaurant, let's call it fine dining, 
if you could hand your job description to a QSR restaurant and that QSR restaurant would say, oh, great, I'm going to use this, then you haven't put enough time mm. into this particular job post. I call it the dirty socks uh, theory, right? So if you smell your own dirty socks, that's totally fine. If you smell somebody else's dirty socks, you want to gag. You want this job post to be so uniquely you and so personal that they're like your dirty socks, that you feel comfortable with them, but other people would not feel comfortable using it. And that takes a little bit of thought. That takes a little bit of time. So w when trying to make this job post unique, how what's the best way to go about doing that? It, it really depends on your business, right? So you have to look at your business and see – um, what is going to resonate with, with, and, and I think that I always encourage people to do, uh, uh, managers to do is reach out to people who are successful in your organization. So let's say you're hiring for a bartender, go talk to your bartenders and say, Hey, what, what about, what do you like about this job? We're looking for another bartender. Uh, what, what are the things that you think make your job here unique versus other bartending jobs you had? And just listen. A lot of times you'll get a lot of the best tips from those people and through uh, understanding what how, what ma makes them feel unique within their job, you'll figure out how to advertise better. So, yeah, and the next bullet, and I'm cheating here, I'm, I'm looking ahead, is you, you mentioned that we need to uh, focus on what the most important requirements are. And basically, it's, it sounds like from that bullet, you, you want us, us to get as specific as possible about that job post or that job uh, role that's being filled. Is that kind of accurate? Yeah, that's accurate. I mean, you, you just need to use your judgment, right? So if you put in too many requirements and you're like, I want somebody who is, you know, I'm hiring for a sous chef and I want somebody who has training in classical French cuisine as well as sushi training who has seven years experience and is willing to come and do my sous chef job for sous chef pay. Well, that might not be a reasonable set of requirements, right? Especially, I mean, in, in cities where the labor market is tighter for restaurants, if you're looking for somebody who sounds like a unicorn, that person's probably going to be opening their own restaurant and attributes are absolutely fundamental to the job and then figure out, ask yourself, what have I trained people to do in the past? And those things that you have trained people to do in the past, don't include those as basic requirements because you know that you have the ability to train those people, right? Mm -hmm. So focus on the things that are absolute um, deal breakers and non-negotiables. And then you can find the more, I, I, I would argue that you can build a better culture through training people yourself um, and in the way that you do things than you would if you hire people who have every single requirement that you think you need on paper. Yeah. And uh, you also mentioned, I think you might have mentioned it already, but you said the, you know, describe exactly what the job looks like, but also have you described exactly what your avatar employee looks like? I don't think that's something that people do nearly enough. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot of that comes through, again, listening. Mm -hmm. If you're a manager or a hiring manager, don't think that just because you're in the restaurant every day, you know everything. You have to be humble. I mean, I do this all the time with people who have proven in my company. I always try to ask, like, where are blind spots? Like, you know, and, and be very open about, about feedback. What am I doing wrong? What could I do better? Uh, and what are the things that make it? So, you know, we, we are about to hire. We had to use our own product to hire. And when we hire, I am going to be talking to, you know, my employees to figure out 
what is it because we're for example a fully remote company right we used to be based in san francisco now we have employees all over the country so that has a very unique appeal to it but in order to figure out how to best portray that and what what it takes for people to be successful in that environment i'm going to be talking to my employees to figure out how they would describe it not me yeah and bring yeah that's a good point bring your employees in on this make them feel like they're contributing i feel like we don't lean on our teams as much as we could i mean why not tap into all those minds uh you're not doing yourself any favors by not tapping into that mind power good point um yeah do you want to add on to that yeah, I mean, and it could be, uh, I'm just anticipating that there might be people who think, well, you know, my, my employees are busy, they're doing other things. You know, maybe just you draw, you, you draw up and you write a draft of what would be your, your job description and then show it to people and ask for honest feedback. You know, is this something that resonates with you? And also ask yourself the very difficult question. If I were to give this to another restaurant, could they just use this exact same job post? And I would push you and challenge you. If the answer is yes, then you haven't written the best job post you can that's going to attract the people that are going to make your business successful. And yes, it is tedious. Nobody ever has argued that it isn't tedious. But every business's success, certainly my business success, is uh, 100% dependent on the quality and the caliber of the people that we hire. Absolutely. So what's the next element of a perfect job post you want to share with us? Yeah. So, you know, again, we talked about um, separating, you know, the ideal versus required qualifications. The, uh, you know, there's a benefits, you know, make sure you ask your, uh, their benefits are clear to people. So things like, uh, you know, the prestige of a place, um, or maybe the, the specific, you know, compensation and, uh, bonuses and, and healthcare you get in, in, in some cases, but, Ask your employees what are maybe some intangible benefits of working here. Like what what are things that you can highlight? Uh, you know, is it maybe that you have community lunches every t- Tuesday, or is it something that uh, everybody you know really hangs out and likes likes each other at work, or is it uh, people the restaurant is a um, you know waterfront restaurant and people love the location? Ask you know think outside the box about what is it what benefits uh, there are to working at your place and think about it in an expansive way beyond you know the specific the hard specifics of salary and and, and health benefits. I love it. And basically what that, what that sounds like to me is make sure you focus on your culture as a benefit. Uh, and, and I feel like honestly in, in this industry, maybe aside from a free meal now and again, there aren't many great benefits uh, on paper. So you really have to appeal to the higher needs of people of doing something really great that culture that you you formed and using that as, as a leverage point to say, this is what we're all about. This is what we stand for. These are our values. This is our culture. Is that something that's interesting to you? Absolutely. And that goes a long ways into making your job post uniquely you, mm-hmm. right? And you just have to make sure that you're basically not bullshitting and that you are being real about what your business is like and realistic. And I think that's where being open to getting feedback can go a long way. Awesome. Uh, so what's the next element you want to discuss? Yeah. So a, a one big thing is making it clear uh, how how do you apply to this job? There, um, there are a lot of people who write great job posts and then basically don't say, how do you apply? What are your requirements? 
So if it's, uh, you know, send your uh, resume or maybe, um, you know, do a, uh, you know, maybe a phone call. But a lot of people just ask for resumes. Just make sure you say, hey, to apply, do this or to apply, write a cover letter saying this. Don't expect people to know that because you got to remember from the other, from the job applicant's perspective, you are one of dozens, maybe hundreds of job posts that they're going through. And the easier and clearer you make it for them, the better. You have to think about this experience the same way you would your guest experience, mm -hmm. right? So you think about if you put the same effort into your job post that you do into your menu, that you, then you're in the right, you know, in the right uh, direction. You go in the right direction because your people are essentially going to be your interface, your customers. Yeah, and it's it it absolutely is just as important as the menu. People like your people, the people you surround yourself with, the people you hire, like that, they're going to be selling the experience. They're going to be coming back to have interactions with those people. So your 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 res or your job posts are essentially, I don't know. I guess it's kind of like a a, a menu in the sense that like you know yeah like that's a really great way to look at it i never even thought about that that's cool um so I, i've also heard people say that in the job host you want to be as specific uh, on like locations and times to interview and to see if people are paying attention to the details uh what do you think about that I think that's uh, potentially true and potentially a pitfall because a lot of times if you have an interview, I mean, a, uh, the details of the interview are buried into a long, long description where, again, you have to put yourself in the, uh, in, the, in the shoes of the person applying. If they're applying to 100 job posts or dozens of them, until they know more about you, I don't care about how special you think you are. You need to – this is a process of engaging with this person and, uh, and you know, it's basically a, a game of seduction back and forth. It's very much like dating in many ways, right? Mm -hmm. So you want incremental buy-in from both sides. So, yes, it's fine. But if you, if you got the gotcha mentality of, oh, you know, I wrote a – you know, the extensive job post and you didn't read every single piece of it and you didn't answer to like this one thing that I hit on, you know, the paragraph at the bottom. Well, maybe. But at the same time, you know, if if people do that in the second or third interaction, I, I you know, I'm with you. But if you are looking at the first filter where people are looking at dozens or hundreds of job posts, I think that may close off more doors than, than necessary. Okay. So then the next bullet we have on this list is the idea of uh, including a brief section about the company and why it's a great place to work. Do we kind of touch on that a little bit with like, yeah, we cover, thing? we cover that. I think the major one that's left to talk, uh, talk about is uh, including an image. So people, people are visual, you know, a lot of people when they go to say Craigslist to look for a job, or even if it's on your own website in the job section, having powerful pictures that communicate, you know, this is the kind of business we are, people will immediately identify or not identify themselves, which is fine. The people self select out that actually helps you um, because it makes your job easier. But uh, you want, you know, you want people to be able to see themselves there. So adding an image is something that I would say I would strongly encourage people to do. Beautiful. Uh, so any other uh, best practice, practices or perfect features that should be in these job posts that we haven't hit yet that you want to touch on before we dive into some of the most common mistakes? Um. No, I mean, I think I think uh, that's that, that covers most of it. I think in terms of the most common mistakes, we've kind of covered some of them. 
uh, as it pertains to what to do. But uh, yeah, not being specific is a common mistake that people make. Uh, not showing any personality and, and not differentiating, again, the whole dirty socks issue. Um, and then being unclear about how people should apply to the job. One thing that I would encourage people to think about getting away from is the idea of cattle call interviews where you get, you know, tell people show up between 2 and 4 p.m. at my business and then, uh, you know, we'll see if you're a good fit. That can feel very impersonal and that can feel uh, very um I think it's difficult for people to uh, take those as seriously. So I know that for, you know, there's scheduling limitations. Sometimes people like to do that. And if that's the way you've been successful, great. But I would encourage you to, if at all possible, avoid cattle calls and actually making specific interviews and be able to cast a wide net in the beginning and just, you know, kind of sift your people through yes, no, and maybe, and then figure out what, uh, you know, who the best candidates are and then engage with those people in a, in a, in a closer manner. Yeah. You know, I think during a time when there were like an abundance of employees, the whole cattle call was a good way to kind of filter through who was really serious about the job. So, you know, if you're serious about that job, then you'll show up at this time on this day at this location. And that kind of filters through, a lot of the people who aren't really serious about the opportunity. But from what I've gathered in 380 interviews is that we don't really have that situation right now where people are lining up at the doors for a job. So, you know, get intimate, put that time into really making it into a, uh, an impactful, uh, I guess an impactful interaction where, you actually care about getting this person on your team. Show your interest. Make it personal. Make it make them from the very beginning feel like you want them. And I think that might have a huge impact on who they decide to work for. Absolutely. But I, I would I'd actually argue that even in a favorable la- labor market, you should avoid cattle call interviews because yeah. you want that personal connection. And there will be people, some of the best people will self-select out of that. They're like, they're like, I don't have time for that. I want to know if this person, you have to remember to put yourself in the shoes of the person looking for a job. Mm-hmm. If you are highly sought after, if you already have a good job, but you're considering a better job, what you're not going to do that. Nobody does that. Like nobody, no, if you have a, a, let's say you're a successful Sue at a place and you're looking to make a lateral move, you're not going to be able to make this 2 to 4 p.m. you know, cattle call to do that. The, the best people are not going to go through some of those. There's, a, there's, a, there's some of those uh, hurdles. And, and there has to be incremental engagement, incremental buying on both, on both parts. Beautiful. I just realized we did not go to break to thank our sponsors. We're going to do that now, and we'll be right back. Nobody likes doing paperwork. If you have a growing group of restaurants and find yourself wishing you could snap your fingers and have all of your invoices and AP instantly disappear from your plate, then you need to call Sorcery. Sorcery is used to make owning and operating a restaurant a breeze. Instead of dreading invoices, you'll be delighted to be synced with every vendor. With your new relationships, you can work on negotiating the best price to improve your margins. And Sorcery's biggest superpower is that they watch the prices you pay across the kitchen, from dry goods to proteins to produce. And when citrus skyrockets, you'll know to update your recipes before you end up kicking yourself at the end of the quarter. 
To learn more, head over to www.getsorcery.com or find the banner in the show notes. If you mention Restaurant Unstoppable at checkout, you'll get your first month free. Yep. All right, we're back, and uh, you have one or two more common mistakes. I'll just let you take it. What's the next most common mistake you want to share with us? Yeah, so another one is, uh, you know, people take the advice seriously of sitting down and writing something, but then they use dense paragraphs instead of uh, using more bulleted, easy-to-read job posts. Uh, Research shows that most candidates skim and spend less than 20 seconds on each job post. So you want to make it really, really easy to read that. And you want to have very clear bullet points. And there's something called Pareto efficiency, which basically means that 80% of your outcomes come from 20% of your input. And Pareto efficiency applies across a broad you know, spectrum of, of, of things, including operations of, of businesses, including restaurants. But when it comes to this, People are going to 80% of people are going to make uh, decisions based on 20% of the information. So make sure that it's very easy for them to find that uh, that seems to have cut out. Make sure it's very easy to find that information. It cut out again. <laughs> the last thing we heard was make sure it's very easy to find that information. Okay. So yeah, make sure it's very easy to find that information and use bullets instead of uh, paragraphs. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, that's something I've even like in emails, I, I think one way to think about it when you're, well, this is something I've learned recently is that when you're writing your emails, you want it to be almost like each line is like, like a paragraph. Each sentence is a paragraph because you want to be able to scan it easily. Uh, is, is that kind of like the same situation where you're like literally maybe max like two sentences per paragraph? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. You just want to be very concise. Beautiful. I dig it. Um, all right. So we got some time left and I, I figured it, it might make sense to just talk about some of the big lessons you've learned in small business war stories, maybe regarding the job post or anything else you think is worth discussing in this little time we have left. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, thanks. The, what's happened. It's, it's been really interesting. Uh, I just, I drove from Austin where I'm based to up all the way up to Saginaw, Michigan and back to the South about 4,000 miles in in april and i'm about to drive again through the rocky mountains and yeah i learned all kinds of things about what uh, how people uh hire and a couple a couple of stories that jumped to mind one is uh this guy sal sanchez in uh, lexington kentucky he has a great business called a cup of commonwealth and it's kind of a community-based coffee shop where people feel really closely tied to the business and everybody wants to work there but they have a very, very intense interview process where every single employee of the company has to approve of a new hire, Wow! which is intense. And I, that's exactly what I said. I was like, man, that seems like a lot, but it's been really successful for them. And they have such a strong culture that they're able to get away with that, where people want to work there so badly that they, are, they want to do that. Why do you think that technique works? What is it about that technique that has impact? I think if you have a strong enough brand and culture that everybody knows who you are and everybody wants to work for you, another one that comes to mind, uh, one of our original customers was Byright Markets in San Francisco, and they also have a very, very strong culture like that. If you have, if you're like an icon in the community and people know you, I think you can get away with that. Uh, I think it's a, it can be a risky technique because of the amount of time that it works, that it takes, and and it could it could uh, backfire. 
in terms of uh, the length of the process. But it is something that if you have a strong brand uh, is creates a lot of buy in where everybody knows when this person shows up that they gave the thumbs up. Wait, so that company Byright does the same thing where everybody has to improve, or do they do something different? No, 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 they don't. They don't do that. But they they do have a fairly extensive interview process, and they have their pick of who they want they, they can hire because they have such a strong brand. What what, uh, what it, makes their uh, their process extensive? Do you mind? Can you think of the details, or is it too extensive? Um, well, they, they just have, you know, they have lots of different uh, rounds of interviews and they ask people to, you know, explain. Sometimes they ask, you know, custom questions about why they want to work there or like what's their favorite type of cheese and things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's weird. I think we think of ourselves when we open restaurants as people who create and you know, make food, put all the focus on food. But I've noticed that the restaurants that are super successful, their focus is on people. Their focus is on being super selective, being very specific about the kind of person they want to hire, and then really not being willing to budge from those standards and going through three or four rounds of interviews before they really commit. Because think about the money. I mean, you put all that money into like the 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 selection process, then that's money you don't have to put into the training. Or as much money you have to put into the training, right? Yep. Yep. And actually, Danny Meyer in his book, uh, Setting the Table, he talks about this a lot. And so that's, uh, to me, it was a really good book to read to understand how somebody who's a world-class restaurateur, and actually his lessons apply not just to restaurants, but to businesses in general, about how he thinks about people and how he thinks about the people that he has running different restaurants. So we talked a lot about the job post itself, and we never really agreed to go beyond that part of the conversation. But real quick, what in your opinion, should the, I guess, the onboarding or hiring process look like? I mean, how many gates should these people go through? How many steps should there be? Uh, for the interview process, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, again, it's very, it depends on the position. It depends on, you know, if it's for somebody who's going to be a cashier, it's probably different than for somebody who's going to be a general manager. And it, that, that's, uh, you know, it, it really, it, it really depends. But I think, it also is, you know, it depends on how many candidates you have. Is this a very highly sought after uh, post or not? But generally speaking, you have to remember, you can't ever mail it in. If you ever feel the AM shift, hey, that uh, is Pablo, probably... You broke yeah. up a little bit. I, I think you said, if you ever feel, I think is what you yeah. were about to say. Okay. Yeah. If you ever feel like you're mailing it in, and if you ever feel like, hey, I just need somebody to cover the 6 a.m. shift, I my guess is you will likely regret that at some point if you are just trying to fill a spot yeah. instead of thinking about how that person is going to affect your business and your culture. Awesome. So any other really cool lessons or examples you can think of through all the interviewing you've done? Yeah. So uh, I sat down with Pappy Smokehouse. Pappy Smokehouse, they've been rated uh, number one uh, ribs in the country by the Food Network. And uh, they have an iconic brand and iconic uh, presence here there in St. Louis, Missouri. And uh, they have a great system where they hire mostly people who are referred by other employees. So then the employee who refers people knows that it's basically their skin on the line as well. So people are encouraged you know, <laughs> by that system to refer good people. And, uh, yeah, they have, they have, uh, you know, very strong culture and they're able to, again, have their pick of the litter in, in, in St. Louis, but getting inside, uh, recommendations 
from your employees. And they, I think they do almost exclusively that. Some people do. I, I know everybody does a lot of that. But uh, again, if you treat your people well, that will go a long ways in making sure that people bring in their good friends because it cuts two ways, right? If you don't treat your employees well, and I've seen this for sure in this in, in, in the restaurant industry, yeah, those employees are likely to just have, you know, resent you and see you as a paycheck and they're not going to bring their best friends or their, you know, best acquaintances because they are, their reputation with their friends is also mm, on the line. So it goes, it goes, to, it goes two ways. So is there anything else you want to address on the topic of uh, job posts or just the hiring interviewing process that you think could be of value to our listeners before we start to wrap things up? I think we've covered a lot. I think, you know, whenever you cover too much, there's a tendency to not remember much of it. So what I would say is if you're going to take one thing away from it is put the same attention into the job post and the hiring process that you do to your menu, Mm. because ultimately those people are going to be your interface with your customer and they're going to affect people's perception of your place, uh, you know, just as much potentially as, as your food. Yep. And we did kind of rush through all these like little bullets and things you can do. But if this is something you want to learn more about the job post process, the interviewing process, Pablo is going to join us again. He's coming back at 3 p.m. on Monday, November 6th for a live webinar. You guys can interact with Pablo and myself. We're going to have a conversation around these things. And uh, anything you want to announce about that experience, things you're looking to do to maybe draw in some folks? No, it's going to be great. Uh, you know, please bring your questions. I'd love to, if you have, uh, you know, specific questions or experiences, stories, I'd love to hear stories about how things have or haven't worked for people. All of this is, uh, you know, the distillation of things that have worked for a lot of people, but obviously nothing is absolute. So I look forward to learning more and I look forward to, uh, yeah, that's going to be after I get back from the small business war stories, uh, tour. So I'm excited to, uh, to be back here. And before I uh, we go to having you call somebody out and sharing your, your contact information. This is just me being really curious, uh, your, your podcast, small business war stories. What, if you could boil it down to like maybe one thing or two things that have just like been clearly just like the biggest takeaways from you, from all these success stories and hearing about these, these, these small business owners, what would they be? I would say a, a big one is that you have to really want to there, there are a couple of things. One is you have to really want to start a small business and because and you have to do it for reasons that are not money related. Ultimately starting a business is a terrible statistically a terrible way to make money. It's possible to make money, but so many businesses fail that you had when, you know, when things get really difficult and it's late at night and you haven't slept and you have to make decisions and you have to let people go or you have to make uh, tough calls. I think the energy that pulls you through those moments has to come from a deeper meaning and a deeper desire to do this. Um, What are those deeper desires that you find people gravitating towards? I think people... um, you know, I speaking for myself, I'm I'm a pretty bad employee. So I'm much better when I am, you know, the person who started the company than than when I'm an employee and I know that about myself. So some people are just not as good as employees and they do like to have, you know, bring their vision to fruition. So that's that's a powerful motivator. Mm. Uh there are Oh, sorry, did you cut? Yeah, a little bit. 
So there's a desire to be a part of the community and there's a desire to be art and live a life of creating. And when you start a small business, whether you're serving coffee or making guitars or, um, you know, many, one of the many different people that I've spoken to, they ultimately people want to have that meaning every day. And that is a powerful, powerful driver for, for people. Yeah. I think the one that inspires me the most is the desire for change, the desire to see a way the, the world can be better or see uh, just not necessarily being willing to settle for what the status quo currently is and taking quality, uh, quality of life, quality of product, quality of everything up and just being that change you want to see in the world. I think those, yeah. that for me is probably the one of the most uh, I guess impactful driving things that because you're getting other people who see that same change and want to be a part of it. It, it really makes getting people on your team much easier. Do you think that's yeah. safe to say? Absolutely. Absolutely. And related to that. So I, I'm going to be coming out with a book uh, with the experience in uh, early next year with all the experiences and the stories from small business war stories. And one of the big themes of the book as well is kind of this like reverse migration or what I call a remigration of people back to their hometowns. So people who maybe went away in their 20s and going back in their 30s and 40s to the places where they grew up in search for in search of community. And I think a big reason why people start businesses and, and reason why people go back to the places where they're from is because it's a place where they can feel like they have a community and they have a home. And that's a really, really powerful uh, motivator for people. Awesome. I love it. So like always, we wrap up every episode by calling somebody out. So who is one independent restaurant operator, somebody you admire in this industry who you believe would be a great guest on the show? Who is it? I have to go back to Sal Sanchez of uh, a cup of Commonwealth. And they also just opened a chocolate concept in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. He's a very, very thoughtful, soulful guy. And he is doing, I think he's doing what he's doing for the right reasons. And they, he has some great, I won't steal his thunder, but ask him about the time that his store got broken into and what happened because it's uh, i mean it still gives me goosebumps to to think about it so sal sanchez at a, a cup of commonwealth in uh, lexington kentucky sal sanchez look out i'm coming after you i'd love to get you on the show to share your stories uh and i guess let the folks at home know if we want to check out your podcast if we want to uh learn more about proving and how that can serve our businesses what's the best way to connect yeah. So for the podcast, uh, yeah, please subscribe to the podcast. We release every Wednesday morning. It's uh, small business war stories. We are on iTunes, Stitcher and all major uh, platforms. And uh, for Proven, if you're interested in hiring for your business, we have a free trial. It's Proven.com, P-R-O-V-E-N.com. And uh, yeah, my Twitter is uh, at Proven Pablo, P-R-O-V-E-N-P-A-B-L-O. Beautiful. I'll have those links in the show notes. This is episode 386. Head over to restaurantsunstoppable.com slash 386 to find those links and also to find the link to sign up for the webinar, which is going to be on Monday, November 6th at 3 p.m. EST. And uh, I didn't pull back a lot of layers today and I did that intentionally. I was biting my tongue over here. I usually like to really, you know, push my guests to have them pull like go deeper into why we should do things certain ways, but that's what the webinar is for. So if you are interested in learning how you can really create amazing job posts, 
uh, do join us for that conversation. It will be interactive. Uh, we can pull back layers together. We can dive deep. We can take away actionable things, uh, templates, resources. They'll all be there. So do join us again, November 6th. The links will be in the show notes. This is episode 386. Uh, Sounds great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Pablo, for taking the time to share your knowledge with us, uh, to share your awareness about what you got going on with Proven and Small Business War Stories. Uh, I'm subscribing to that right after we get off this call uh, so we can start learning from what you're doing. And uh, there is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And I look forward to the webinar. Pablo, the pleasure was mine. Cheers. Take care. All right, there we go. I hope you guys enjoyed another episode of Restaurant Unstoppable. Pablo, thank you for coming on the show and uh, enlightening us on the whole uh, just hiring process and job posting process and really how to stand out. And right now, I mean, the time is really hard. Uh, Times are hard right now, hiring. So this, this episode couldn't come at a better time. I hope it helps you guys find some good talent. And I want to start doing more interviews like this, breaking from the normal mold where I get a successful restaurateur on to share their story. I think there's a ton of value in that format, and I'm going to continue doing that. But I think it would uh, behoove us all if we start uh, really just pushing the envelope and going deep into specific topics, getting experts on the show, uh, people who know what they're talking about, who do this for a living. And that's what Pablo is. I mean, I, I there's no affiliate opportunity here for me. Uh, I brought pa- Pablo on the, the show today because he knows what he's talking about and he's an expert. So I'm not always looking to the promote products and services. I want to really dive into the minds of the people who know what they're talking about, who can provide value to you. And that's a a big part of what we're here to do. So uh, do go check out Proven. Uh, It's a great resource to help with exactly what we're doing today. Um, Great tools over there. And don't miss the webinar. Uh, Webinars are something else I'm really going to try to start doing more of too. Um, Really giving you guys the opportunities to dive into these great minds. Those are interactive live webinars. You guys get to ask your questions Where else can you just get put in front of these experts? So please do take advantage of these opportunities. That webinar will be November 6th at 3 p.m. I will have a link to to get signed up to register for that webinar in the show notes. Again, this is episode 386. Head over to restaurantunstoppable.com. Such 386. The link and a little banner you can click on will be right there in the show notes for you guys to get uh, signed up and also sign up to the email guys, uh, just the, the regular email list along with a summary of like what happened the week before I shared uh, basically just every episode. So you never miss an episode. Uh, some, some thoughts, what I have thinking, uh, you know, just going in my mind. I, I kind of think out loud there. I, I'm, I plan out loud there. So you guys can be a part of that. You can uh, give me your feedback. Uh, so it's really interactive. So I'll be sharing the episodes there as well as the upcoming webinar so you guys can never uh you you will never miss an opportunity to engage with my guests and i guess that's it for today guys Uh, i hope you found value in today's discussion the 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 advice that was given i thought it was great and like always please do connect with me eric at restaurantunstoppable.com let me know who you want to hear from who i can make an example of i'm always looking for the next guest Instagram and Twitter, Eric Cacciatore and Facebook slash Restaurant Unstoppable. Keep those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio coming. They help so much and thank you if you have left one. And if you do get a lot of 
advice and encouragement and you're absorbing knowledge and you want to you know help out i do accept donations so head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash support if you want to leave a small donation every little bit helps but the best way to support this show guys is by sharing it so please think of anybody you know of that could benefit from this podcast and share it with them and that would be the best way to support what i'm here to do so that's it for today Thank you guys so much for sticking around this long. I wouldn't be able to do it without you. I love you all. Until next time, peace out.